Attention all personnel. Incoming podcast. This is MASH Matters. You know, Jeff, this is an anniversary. For nine straight podcasts, you have served only liver or fish. Wow. Day after day, episode after episode, fish, liver, liver, fish. And say it with me, everyone. I've eaten a river of liver and an ocean of fish. One of the most quoted lines ever, probably from MASH. Uh, And yes, today we are going to talk about that particular episode, Adam's Ribs. And I am joined by the man who served up that fish and liver day after day for 11 straight days. Private Igor himself, Mr. Jeff Maxwell. Hello, sir. Uh, Hello, sir, and hello to you. And uh, if I may, and the entree today, we have liver or fish. There you go. (laughs) 37 million years later, and you hear it again, live. Just hearing you say that in in my headphones (laughs) makes me happy. Um, So yeah, we're going to talk about Adam's ribs today. This is a topic that was inspired by uh, two different questions that we received from some listeners. In fact, Jeff, why don't you go ahead and and read that message that came into us? I will. By the way, I love ribs. I love ribs. And doing MASH, I actually kind of started to be engaged with and interested in and curious about cooking. So I kind of became a pretty good cook uh, in years after that. And, and mostly I love barbecuing. So I've tried to perfect the low and slow method of barbecuing ribs and everything else. Yeah. So I love ribs. So it was kind of prophetic that they did that knowing what I was going to do. Did your love of ribs come before this episode or after this episode? After this episode. Okay. Definitely after the episode, especially when I saw them in the pan, I went, gee, that looked good. (laughs) (laughs) So I got a, I got a taste for ribs. I got Jones for ribs there. So everybody come over to my house. I'll make ribs. (laughs) I'll be right there. So Scott Lawrence, do we know where Scott's from? We don't, but that's okay. We don't care, Scott. We know you're from somewhere. That's good. From Scott Lawrence. Hi, Jeff and Ryan. Just found the show in the last week and truly love the show. Well, thank you, Scott. Listen to other MASH podcasts, but they don't offer the insight you are able to give. Well, of course, being in my early 30s, most people in my age group have not seen or don't love MASH as much as I do. So great to listen to people who love the show and a person who was actually on it. Cool. Question. Adam's Ribs to me is one of the top five episodes of MASH. The famous Alan Alda rant about a river of liver to Igor is one of my favorites. Does Jeff, that would be me, ever get anyone quoting that to him or have any memories of that episode? Can't wait to get caught up on the first seven episodes and look forward to more. Thank you both for keeping MASH still out there, even after 47 years. Well, Scott, thank you for writing that question. And here's the answer to the question. Yes, I have people that talk about that river of liver scene a lot. And I have, uh, uh, as I did here today, I have said and been asked to say, and the entree today, we have liver or fish. So yeah, they do it. And then everybody goes, I've eaten a river of liver and an ocean of fish. I've written so many ribs, I've read going guess. <laughs> so I listen to that a lot. Now, if you had to choose between liver or fish, which one would you choose? Oh, fish. Yeah, fish. Absolutely fish. Yeah, yeah me too. <laughs> I, I don't know fish. that I could trust anybody who would choose liver over fish. Yeah, I don't know. That would be like... Now, oh, see, now, now I've ticked off all the liver lovers out there. Liver lovers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> liver lovers. You know, I actually got hooked on liver once. I ate liver for about a week straight 
I don't know why, but I ate it and I was, you know, grilling liver and onions. Yeah. And it was so good. I went crazy and I ate it and ate it for literally about five or six days. And then on the seventh day, I threw up. <laughs> I couldn't. And I, the idea of eating liver just, it totally makes me sick. I, I, but it was good, you know, so I get it. You know, there is a certain taste, but it was all about the onions. You could just fry up onions and they would taste good. You don't have to put the liver in. Okay. So there you go. So did I answer the question? Yes. The, it, and the, it, quite frankly, that was one of the most fun shows to do because watching Alan do his thing was really amazing. And anybody that was, uh, you know, interested in improvisational acting, that was a lesson in it. We're going to let them do this to us? No, I say, no. We're not going to eat this drink anymore. <laughs> we want something else. We want something else. At one point I asked Alan, how did you figure out that little dance you did? Because that looked very complicated. <laughs> and he said, honestly, I didn't know I was going to do it till I did it. Huh. So that's very interesting for those of you who are interested in the acting process. He didn't know he was going to do it and he did it. Um, they did it twice. Um, once without the uh, throwing of the food and then again with the throwing of the food. Hmm. So you could kind of, they had to cut it around or cut around it or do whatever. But it was a great show. A sequence like that, which on the screen lasts 60 to 90 seconds. How long does a, a sequence like that take to film? Well, a uh, good question. Uh, it, you know, it depends on the way they're shooting it or cutting it. So if they're going to do uh, a wide shot, mm -hmm. you know, they'll do the wide shot and then they'll go in for the close-ups. And so the sequence itself can take a couple of hours because you got to do the wide shot. You might do that twice and then you're going to do the close-ups and everybody gets a close-up. I got a close-up, Alan's close-ups. I remember uh, Gary and uh, what's that guy that played the clinger? Uh, yeah, Jamie Farr. Jamie Farr. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they had, you know, they had, they went into their close-up. So it, that whole process can take a couple of hours to do because you got to set everything up and move the cameras around and set everything up again. So uh, it can take a couple of hours to do. And plus, this was one of those rare times when Roy Goldman was behind the steam table with you. Yeah, <laughs> we had a great time banging those, <laughs> banging those lids. Uh, yes. Yeah, we were, we were laughing so hard. You know, we were all laughing before we did it. And then after we did it, it, it was a really fun moment, a fun show to do. And, and again, I, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of Alan Alda. So watching him go through that and do that was a real pleasure. And it was a real pleasure to be in that scene with him. It was a lot of fun. It's really interesting because on the syndicated television version of that show, that scene is truncated. So you don't get the full on Alan Alda riot scene. Hmm. I encourage you, if you have the DVDs or if you're on Hulu, you know, MASH is streaming on Hulu now. And that's, by the way, a side note, that's a question I do get often from my own friends is the, the podcast has kind of renewed my interest in watching MASH. Where can I watch it? And it's all over the place, actually. I mean, on TV, you can find it on the Sundance channel. You can find it on AMC, MeTV. TV Land shows it, although TV Land's version drives me nuts because they edit the heck out of it and add a lot more commercials. WGN America shows it, but you can also find it, of course, the DV collection uh, where you can turn the laugh track on and off is excellent and, and it's more affordable now than it's ever been. But it recently started streaming on Hulu. 
and they have the full uncut episodes on Hulu as well. Interesting. So you can get on there and you can see it was interesting because I, I rewatched. I, in fact, I rewatched the episode today and I had forgotten that in the uncut version, the big scene where he's doing the dancing and we want something else. We want something else. Mm-hmm. It goes on a lot longer yeah. in the uncut version than it is in the uh, the syndicated version. So if you have not watched it yet. I encourage you dig up the DVDs or jump on Hulu and watch Adam's Ribs because uh, you get to see that Alan Alda physical comedy in its full unedited glory. Yeah, great suggestion. I I concur. Please do it because it it is something to watch. It was special. It really was. So Adam's Ribs, it's an episode that came out season three. It was actually episode 11 of season three, uh, written by Lawrence Marks, but it had help from Larry Gelbart. I was Reading some stuff about Larry Gelbart, the setting Adam's Ribs is this restaurant that's supposed to be near the Dearborn Street Station in Chicago. One of the questions that a lot of MASH fans have is, was that a real restaurant? And the answer is no, it was not. Larry Gelbart even confirmed that there's that excellent book. uh, It's called TV's MASH, The Ultimate Guidebook. And in that, he had a little piece of commentary and, and he said, there's no such place to the best of my knowledge. It just seemed like a logical name. Also, my then baby son was named Adam, and I'm from Chicago. (laughs) So, therefore, Adam's Ribs. And, of course, there was the movie Adam's Rib with Catherine Hepburn and Spencer Tracy. Yeah. That was probably on his mind as well. And it seemed reasonable that there was a a place in Chicago called Adam's Ribs. So, that was kind of a nod to his baby boy at the time. Uh, But a lot of MASH fans have have since gone to Chicago (laughs) looking for a place. Looking for that restaurant. (laughs) Now, however, I say that. However, back in 2008, there was a restaurant in Chicago. And I thought this was kind of a smart thing. There was this place in Chicago called Size Crab House, and they renamed themselves Adam's Rib and Ale House in 2008 in in hopes of of helping business. They they substituted crabs for ale. (laughs) That's probably a good choice. Unfortunately, it did not last. Uh, They have they have since closed. And Uh uh, if you it's it's interesting because, you know, the Internet is forever. So even though they're closed. You can still go online and read their reviews, and I can see why they closed. <laughs> the, 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 the name of the restaurant was the least of their worries. <laughs> wow. So maybe it got a few more MASH fans in the door, but, uh, you know, maybe maybe the restaurant was inspired by MASH and, and uh, the crappy food that was served in the uh, mess tent, uh, they thought, well, we'll get MASH fans in here and serve them crappy food as well. Because <laughs> Yeah, what do they know? They don't care. So, yeah, don't go to Chicago looking for Adam's Ribs. It doesn't exist. I think there actually is a place, I believe, out in Maryland, Adam's Ribs uh, restaurant chain or something. But, uh, but as for Chicago, it does not exist. It was all a figment of Larry Gelbart's imagination. So even though Lawrence Marks wrote the episode, uh, Larry Gelbart had some some serious influence, which we've discussed on the show. He had a lot of his fingerprints over a lot of these episodes in the first few seasons. Forever. Yes, they were. Even when he wasn't writing them, all of the people who were writing them had Larry's fingerprints on them. So (laughs) they were were still. Yeah, absolutely. Huge, huge, huge. Well, what a tremendous influence. I mean, you know, obviously he he was a comedy god for one thing and and he helped create the show. So obviously his influence was going to be on it well after he left, I think, after the fourth season. 
couple of things I, I, you know, you can get online and do all kinds of research about all these different episodes. And uh, something that was, I thought was interesting, some some goofs. One is that Henry says he met his wife at the Dearborn Street Station. I was born in Illinois. I spent half my life at the Dearborn Station. It was the first place my mother let me go to the men's room alone. <laughs> Come to think of it, it's where I met my wife, Lorraine. But... In the previous season, Dear Dad 3, that episode, he said he met her at a freshman mixer, uh, which I assume was at the University of Illinois, since that's where he went to, to college. So so there's a discrepancy there. Also, I live in Illinois, so I know this to be true. The supply sergeant who holds up the ribs and channels, he pronounces the town Joliet as Joliet. Adam's ribs? <laughs> you know? I'm from Joliet. I'd walk to Chicago on my knees in the snow for a takeout order. And I can tell you that nobody from the town of Joliet would ever say Joliet, ever. Really? In fact, believe it or not, there is still a, a, it's a very antiquated, old, outdated ordinance in the city that prohibits the pronunciation of Joliet and says there's only one appropriate pronunciation and that is Joliet. Wow. Obviously that staff sergeant was not actually from Joliet, Illinois, or else he would have been run out of town. The dirty bugger uh, <laughs> for pronouncing it that way. And fined several thousands of dollars. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so there's another question that came in regarding this episode, and it came from Craig Wilson over in Australia. He says, I've been asked a few times about Adam's ribs. What happened to them after Hawkeye had to go to the ER and the camera stopped? He says, I keep saying they would have been eaten by everyone there, but if you know, could you please tell us? Because you were the one who delivered the ribs. And then obviously the, the chopper came in and, and ruined everybody's day. But uh, when the camera stopped rolling, do you know what happened to those ribs? I wish I could say I do. I don't. I don't know what happened to the ribs. I don't know whether anybody ate them or not. I know that they would have come from the commissary. They were made in the 20th Century Fox commissary. Mm -hmm. And they were a very, very good restaurant, actually. So I would imagine they were pretty good eating, but I don't know who ate them. <laughs> I know the, yeah, the prop guys usually ran off with all the food after the, the scenes were shot. So if any, anybody got them, I would assume the prop guys got them and took them home. <laughs> I would but I, I didn't personally see anybody eat them. So you did not eat any of the ribs yourself? I did not eat any of the ribs. I do not uh, recall seeing any of the actors or any of the characters, anybody eating those ribs. I think they probably said, oh, scene over, put the uh, tinfoil back on them, and the prop guys put them in their car and took them off. Those were actual ribs? They weren't They weren't like prop ribs? They were not, <laughs> they were not rubber ribs. No. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, you look at TV, you watch TV commercials with food, and that food has actual food in it, but it's also being held together with glue. And yeah, yeah. So I didn't know if they were actual ribs or if it was uh, modified and, and made to look like ribs. <laughs> They were, they were stitched together. <laughs> they were all glued and stitched. Uh, <laughs> it came as a kit. It was a model, you know. Yeah, yeah. it was a polyester blend, I think, of ribs. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, they were <laughs> the commissary guys, you know, and folks, they would make food. They didn't know what was going to happen to them. So they said, we need a, you know, a pan of ribs. They'd make what they were asked to make, and they were happy to do it. 
and who they didn't know what what we were going to do with them so they would just be accurate and make what we what they asked and you know that was the end of it for them so yeah they were they were real ribs though i i do remember seeing them and smelling them and thinking oh gosh these look pretty good but i didn't get any of them and i didn't see anybody get them so i don't know what happened to those ribs well, you know, in in the scene, they're they're just abandoned there in the uh, yeah, in, yeah, in, yeah. in the mess tent, which, you know, there's always the question of what what happened in that world? What happened to the ribs? Did they just sit there while everybody was in OR? We never know the answer if that the Hawkeye ever got back to eat the ribs. Did Igor come back knowing that they were there and, and take him himself? We, we don't know. But, it, you know, if we had a dream scenario, if you could make your own fan fiction related to these ribs, what do you think happened to those ribs? Who, me? Yeah, you. You're the one who cooked them. <laughs> me? Oh, yeah. Oh, hi. How are you? Uh, the way it would probably have worked is that Igor would have come back in and seen the pan and everybody was out of the place and he would have picked it up and taken it someplace and stored them or, or done something with them. That would be my my guess. I think that was that would have been what would have happened truly. Yeah. In the reality, you know, once the scene is over, everybody moves on. The 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 statement is we're in the wrong room. So that scene is shot and now we got to go into the OR. You got to go into somebody's tent. So once that's done, everybody, you know, runs out of that room like little cockroaches, you know, gone. Okay, over. Let's go somewhere else now. Yeah. So that those ribs would have been literally abandoned like that. <laughs> and you can give a little insight to this too. Episodes are not filmed chronologically. So that was that wasn't necessarily the last scene that was actually filmed for that episode, correct? Uh, no, probably not. I I don't remember now, mm -hmm. but uh probably not. I mean, it's possible that could have been the first scene that you filmed of that episode. You never, you know, it, it could be that way. Uh, it's possible, yeah. You know, I uh, most of the mess tent scenes that we were in were always filmed in the the first thing in the morning which was frustrating to me because I had to be there early to do that. <laughs> um, I don't remember whether that happened there because I know it was a long scene with that, you know, his rant and then all that kind of stuff. So I, I you know, boy, this is a few years ago. Boy. <laughs> and I'm not sure I remember chronologically how all that worked on that particular day. Well, sure. But I mean, in general, in, in general, general yeah. episodes were never filmed chronologically. Um, uh, I, I wouldn't say uh, 100% of the time they were not filmed chron chronologically. I think some of them were. We went from one tent to the other. It, it, some of it was because in the, the way it worked uh, and the way the planning worked was that, um, uh, let's say on a Monday, everybody showed up. There was a table read. People sat around the, the, the table and read through the script. Then everybody got up and walked through each scene. So the first scene is the mess tent. The second scene is outside. Somebody else is in the uh, radars. Whatever it was, you went through the script exactly the way the script was written. And that was kind of a rehearsal. And it was also a rehearsal for the, not only the actors, but all the crew, uh, the director, the lighting guys and everybody. They, they needed to see where the camera was moving and where they were going to put the light. So they had to make all that planning. Now, that was chronologically accurate to the script. So, you know, the next day uh, when they were going to shoot it, they would probably start there and do that. So the first six or eight pages were probably the first six or eight pages. 
Not to say that that wouldn't couldn't change or they might flip something around just to make it a little quicker or, you know, a little bit more accessible to the equipment. Sure. But it was probably 60% chronologically correct. Okay. Actually. Interesting. I never knew that. Yeah. So in that that final scene, uh, a couple of uh, questions that that come up from that scene, uh, not for you in particular, but just general questions uh, that that uh, that are out there in the uh, the Mash universe. So you have Hawkeye, Trapper, Klinger, Henry, and Radar. Those are the folks who are sitting at the table. Um, Father Mulcahy wasn't invited. <laughs> Actually, Bill Christopher didn't appear in that episode, uh, nor did uh, Frank and Margaret. But two questions about that. One, the choppers come in and interrupt, you know, Hawkeye just as he's about to pull out the first rib. Why didn't Radar sense that those choppers were coming? Mm. He must have been so focused on the ribs that he didn't notice their approach. That's the first question. And secondly, Klinger is there. Now, earlier in the episode, Klinger refuses to help get the ribs from Chicago to Korea. Would your uncle handle a package for me? Sure, for a price. He doesn't have to kill the package. Just pick it up and deliver it to the airport in Chicago. It's done. Won't cost you a dime. Lady, you're a real gentleman. All you got to do is sign my psycho discharge papers, you and Captain McIntyre. Klinger, that paper has to be signed by three doctors. We're only two. Nobody else wants to be three. Okay. The deal's off. Wait a second. Wait a No discharge, no package, and I expect you to unsuck-attach my stole, sir. I'm sorry. If I'm Hawkeye and Klinger says, no, uh, I'm not helping you get the ribs. Well, guess what, Klinger? You're not getting any of my ribs. How about that? You know, I don't think the Klinger deserves a rip. Wow. Let's write in. This is not right. We got to call somebody. Maybe we can get him to reshoot that because you're right. He shouldn't be there. Or he should have said, yes, I'll help get the ribs, you know? Exactly. Oh, my goodness. That's a discussion for a whole other episode is the evolution of Klinger and and, uh, the type of uh, character he was. I think later seasons, Klinger would have done anything he could to have helped Hawkeye get those ribs out. But because... Hawkeye and Trapper weren't uh, going to sign his crazy papers, his Section A paperwork. He refused to help. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you when you refuse, you forfeit your rights to any kind of pork products. In my opinion. <laughs> Is that a Hebraic kind of approach? I think that's. A, I'm pretty sure that is. <laughs> <laughs> so that's Adam's ribs, and uh, that's from season. Now, I, I will say that's probably in the running for one of my favorite episodes of season three. But we haven't, I haven't gotten that far yet because I still, I still haven't picked my favorite episode from season two, which I need to do in in one of the upcoming episodes. So uh, maybe I'll throw that out to listeners and say, what are your favorites from season two? I would love to hear listeners' favorite episodes from season two because maybe in the in the next uh one or two episodes we have coming up here i'll go ahead and i'll pick my my season two favorite episode but uh, i want to hear from listeners what's your favorite season two episode and then uh once we get to season three i have a feeling that adam's ribs is going to be one of the top favorite episodes from that season and if anyone would like to invest in jeff's ribs in chicago i'd be happy to talk to your bankers (laughs) your attorneys because I'm thinking of doing that. That's good of you. That's good. A few hundred thousand dollars. Uh, we'll open that rib joint in a couple of weeks. <laughs> you know, this is fascinating because I, I, listening to this is just amazing because all of the facts and things that you're talking about are things that would 
kind of went right over my head uh, over the years. And it's amazing to sit here and listen to it and kind of enjoy it and enjoy your enjoyment of it. And that's what's so fun for me uh, to be able to do this, because I've said it many times, this was a job. I loved everybody. I loved doing it, but it was a job. So I wasn't quite as involved in all these little nuances of things that were happening and did happen and the mistakes and all the stuff that went on that people talk about. So hearing them is really kind of fun. So I appreciate your uh, your assessment of it, Ryan, and, and listening to it. It's really kind of fun for me to do that. So thank you. Pretty cool. Oh, well, hey, this has been great. Again, the chance to talk about favorite episodes from my all time favorite show. And uh, also, this is kind of an iconic episode from the, the, the early part of the run. It's one of those episodes that a lot of people, even if they're not big MASH fans, a lot of people, even the, the fair weather fan, they know Adam's rips. Yeah. And it's got to be cool for you, too, that, you know, one particular episode that you're linked to it's it's one of those episodes that i think that igor is is linked to more than others so the fact that you still now so many years later have people coming up to you and wanting you to say liver or fish and and river of liver and 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 talk about i want something else and I, I, that's got to be cool for you as well. It is very cool. All Everything about this is very cool for me. So well, good. There's nothing doesn't stink about this. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, we have a few people who uh, also say that our podcast doesn't stink uh, on Facebook. Really? We had some more reviews come in. Larry Hagers said, great insight into the making of an iconic television show. Matthew Thomas says, great cast and environment for people who love MASH. Kelly Singh, who is an old friend of mine, she says, you guys are great. I have shared this with many people. I hope you guys continue to enjoy doing this. Ryan, I enjoyed your performances since you were in high school. <laughs> yes. Jeff, my family grew up on MASH and my kids have as well. So this legacy is huge that you have been a wonderful part of. She says, as a kid, it's the show that we watch before bedtime every night, eating popcorn, hanging out with my mom and dad. And she says she is totally sending you one of her DVDs for you to autograph. She geeked out on the last episode when you said you would do that. Terrific. I'll be happy to. And then we also got another glowing review. And uh, this one's from Laura Olivieri. I hope I pronounced your name right. She says, Attention all personnel. MASH Matters podcast is a great look behind the scenes. MASH memories, actors, updates, writers, recipes, and more. Jeff Maxwell and Ryan Patrick are super entertaining. Well, thank you. Oh, those guys. I love those guys. Genuine and funny hosts who keep the chuckles coming. You won't find these tidbits anywhere else and their interaction with the audience via voicemail or message. Answering questions during the podcast gives MASHers a real connection to their favorite show. Thanks so much, Jeff and Ryan. You're way better than Radar's armpit sandwiches. And that is just about <laughs> the best compliment that we can get. So thank you, Laura, for your glowing review. And if you would like to leave a review, you can do that on Apple Podcasts. And you can also get on Facebook and write a review there as well. Yeah. If this is the first time you're listening, if you want to get in touch with us, go to MashMattersPodcast.com. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. You can subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify. You can listen to our uh, episodes right there on our website. And you can call and leave a voicemail, 513-436-4077. If you would, oh, crap. I just remembered. I forgot to order the coleslaw. Oh, no. Oh, sorry. Yikes. Forgive me. I'm a draftee. I have a, a request. Yes. Uh, if anybody calls in and leaves a message, uh, along with various questions about MASH, I'm curious, what are you doing while listening to this podcast? 
<laughs> I'm very curious. Are you on the elliptical machine? Are you at the gym? Uh-huh. Are you on the toity? What are you doing <laughs> when you're listening to Mash Man? I'm really curious. I, I'd like to know because it'll help me understand how to speak. Maybe, <laughs> maybe don't call us and leave the voicemail when you're on the toilet. But, you know, if you listen to no, us, no. you're there yeah. If you listen, yeah, just let us know. I'm very <laughs> curious what you're doing when you're listening. All right. That's cool. Yeah, please call and leave a voicemail. Uh, again, that number is 513-436-4077. And you can find that on the website, matchmatterspodcast.com. All right. Take us home, Jeff. And the entree today, we have liver or fish. Love it. It's never going to get old. I love this. (laughs) Thank you for another great episode. And thank you to everyone for listening. Have a great day. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Shall we give thanks? Praise the Lord and pass the sauce. (laughs) Attention. Ambulances in the lower compound. Choppers on the upper pad. Incoming wounded. Repeat, incoming wounded. All OR personnel report on the double. Come on. Repeat, ambulances in the lower oh. compound. Choppers on the upper. Oh, that's pad. not fair. Come on. No, no, wait a minute. No, it's not fair. We got.